This episode is brought to you by Oblivion Black. Oblivion Black is the new post-apocalyptic horror novel from Darren Lee Floyd. In 1968, eccentric billionaire Joseph Jennings builds a nuclear bunker deep within a mountain in Alaska. The caverns have been used by humans before. Ancient paintings depict figures surrounding an altar, worshipping a dark, monstrous creature. Jennings' behavior becomes increasingly erratic. He never leaves the bunker and becomes obsessed with the paintings and the creature. He disappears. The cavern is abandoned, the project aborted. Fifty years later, the bunker has been transformed into the sanctuary, an exclusive retreat for the world's wealthiest elite. War looms, and the elite flee to the sanctuary as a nuclear apocalypse unfolds. Then the killings begin. Something else is in there. It always has been. Acclaimed horror writer Tim Levin said of the book, In Oblivion Black, Floyd introduces us to a frightening future that's too close for comfort, and a sanctuary where no sane person would wish to hide. Original, disturbing, and exciting, it's a novel that's itching to hit the big screen. Oblivion Black is out now for Kindle and as a paperback from Amazon. That was the look of somebody resigned to being the monster they knew they were. Caitlin Starling, The Luminous Dead. Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm Stephanie, and today I'm joined by Sean from Eclectic Cove to give some book recommendations for books you would enjoy if you enjoyed these other books or other properties, movies, shows. We're kind of going into a bunch of different stuff. (laughs) So welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Yeah, listeners might remember you from our gothic horror episode. Yes. Yeah, so today we're doing, I like doing these kind of read-alikes. Like, if you liked this, you might also like this. Yeah, I like I like seeing that stuff and watching that stuff. The problem is usually I don't like the thing that they're referencing to begin with. <laughs> so you're like, should I read it if I'm not a fan? Right. <laughs> like, is this, is this, should I stay away from this book now? <laughs> Yeah, I think like the one I see the most, or the one that I saw that sparked the most Rita likes when it came out was like Stranger Things. Like if you're a fan of Stranger Things, read these ten right like horror sci-fi or eighties right like, and it, and, it, and it was stories. It was always it and Swan Song. Yeah. And... <laughs> I mean, it's like a it's a vast. <laughs> There's a lot that could fit <laughs> under that umbrella. I think like yeah, every every list that I saw had different books but every one of them did have to mention it by Stephen King of course yeah I'm looking I have one show where I'm going to recommend three books I have a movie a show slash book and then another movie slash book I I don't know recently I've been into like 
I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it is the state of the world in general, but I've just kind of been resorting back to like my comfort watches. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, I've been trying to watch a lot of newer stuff that I haven't seen, but like when my wife and I watch something together, she's been kind of wanting to watch like Harry Potter and, and, and stuff she's seen before stuff that she's, that are that's comfort stuff yeah well i follow you on letterbox i see you're always like rating movies on there yeah like a lot of classic classic movies mm-hmm. yeah i've been watching a lot of like my my comfort watches are like the twilight zone the x-files gilmore girls the office <laughs> yeah i you know when i even like if i stay up after she goes to bed and i'm just watching stuff on my own i i don't Lately, I've been watching British panel shows, and I've been watching the same British panel shows over and over and over. (laughs) Is that like a talk shows, or what is a panel show? (laughs) Yeah, like like game. They're kind of like game shows, but they use they use British stand up comedians and popular British uh, celebrities and stuff. And they're, they're the people that are, are competing. And, and one, one of my favorite ones is what I lie to you where David Mitchell and Lee Mack have celebrity, you know, celebrity guests on, they do teams and a car. It's, it's, it's kind of like a who's line kind of thing, but the card comes up and they don't know if what they're about to read is, uh, a lie or something that's actually happened to them and then the other team has to guess if they're lying or telling the truth well, that sounds fun i had never even heard of that <laughs> i am out of touch with british culture <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm a big anglophile <laughs> this episode is brought to you by boneyard soup magazine Boneyard Soup is a horror and dark fantasy magazine specializing in the weird, the morbid, and the macabre. It publishes original short stories and features terrifying artwork. Boneyard Soup's mission is to represent the horror genre's diversity by curating many kinds of ghoulish and horrifying stories, and by supporting new and talented writers. Boneyard Soup is running a Kickstarter campaign to fund its first year of issues and to connect with new readers. Backers who pledge at least $12 will receive a year's subscription. This Kickstarter runs until September 23rd. Follow the link in the show notes to support Boneyard Soup magazine. Thank you for supporting the show. All right, well, should we talk about some books? Sure. All right. So I want to talk about (laughs) one of my big comfort watches. That is The X-Files, as I mentioned earlier. Did you watch, like, were you big on? I I enjoyed The X-Files. It was on when I was in my late teens and early 20s. And I would catch episodes here and there, but I never saw it straight through and I've always wanted to sit down and watch it straight through yeah the first few seasons for me are the best because I'm a really big fan of the monster of the week format and I feel like all shows that start out that way end up evolving into this you know greater conspiracy storyline that I personally don't need like supernatural I love first two seasons of supernatural were the best and I'm like awesome I am all for like people going to different towns and coming across like spooky things Mm -hmm. and solving the problem like yes that is my sweet spot I don't need 
a whole backstory where someone goes to hell or goes to heaven and like brings up demons like it's fine yeah it's and, just, the, and, it's not and that one that one went off the rails after season five too because they only planned for a five season run mm-hmm. and then it got renewed kept getting renewed so they kept having to come up with new ideas <laughs> that's like i still can't believe they're making Grey's anatomy yeah <laughs> That for me went off the rails when uh, Catherine Heigl performed like CPR on a, a deer in a parking lot. Like it was just like, I'm like, this is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, this is a, what we call in the biz, a jump the shark. Moment. Jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, thank you. I don't know where we go from here, but I don't, I'm not in for it. I'm out. Yeah. yeah that sixth season of Supernatural, you could just, you could tell that they didn't plan to go that long. <laughs> everyone's looking around like what are we still doing here yeah it's crazy what's his face yeah jared padalecki got that job like right after gilmore girls so right yeah like yeah he's been working since he was 18 like he has Mm -hmm. had a steady a steady gig on the cw yeah that's crazy uh but anyway back to the x-files so if you were looking for a read alike for the X-Files and you kind of enjoy the Scully, Mulder, skeptic, believer having to work together in unbelievable circumstances, I think you might enjoy a book I read on Kindle Unlimited and that is Terror is Our Business, the Dana Roberts casebook of horrors. This was written by Joe R. Lansdale along with his daughter Casey Lansdale. Uh, so what I like about this is that the book itself kind of follows like a monster of the week format. Like the different chapters are different cases that they are going on. And we start out with just Dana. She gets introduced and she's at this men's club recalling different incidences that she's had to deal with in the paranormal or like she calls it the supernormal it's really interesting because she's an atheist but she deals with all these like paranormal things or she calls them super normal so it's kind of an interesting explanation and a spin on the usual um and then later in the book Jana gets introduced and i think that for me is where i really started to like the book because they i think just have a really good dynamic as they're going through and dealing with these like haunted houses and just different paranormal things like that. It also reminded me a lot of if anyone listens to uh, the Ghost in the Burbs podcast, I think that would also be a good comp for that. Like if you're a fan of the X-Files and like a Ghost in the Burbs style stories, I think you would enjoy that. So that first one <laughs> for me is Terror is Our Business, the Dana Roberts Casebook of Horrors by Joe R. Lansdale and Casey Lansdale. Uh, I have two more books. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't you have three for the X-Files? You said? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so the second one is A Bent Heavens by Daniel Krauss. Uh, we talked about it a little bit when he was on the podcast, but what I think would make a good comp for this one is that this is a YA novel and it does play a lot with the could it be aliens. Um, we are following a young girl whose father has gone missing and he was a bit of a conspiracy i don't want to say nut but he was you know kind of known as like that guy around town and he has gone missing and kind of around their property they have all of these different traps because he very much believed in aliens and 
you know, her dad has been missing for a long time and her and her childhood friend are going around and looking at the traps and they do find something. And I don't want to give any spoilers of where it goes from there, but it's a crazy ride. And then the third book is actually my current read, and it's Colin Dickey's new book. It's nonfiction, but it's the unidentified mythical monsters, alien encounters, and our obsession with the unexplained. So Colin Dickey's a nonfiction writer. He wrote uh, a book I talked about, I think like two years ago on our nonfiction episode, Ghostland, like a history of American hauntings. And so in this book, he's kind of going into conspiracy theories and especially like at this moment in time like the power of conspiracy theories like why we as people are so into conspiracy theories i guess yeah like what what is it in our human nature that has us interested in stuff that we can't explain or why do we feel a need for things that are not able to be explained by science and I am not that far into it, but I'm really enjoying it. And just like Ghostland, he has his chapters where he visits certain places and talks to the locals and gives us some history. And he is very much a skeptic, but I think if you are going into it, he kind of gives you enough room to like play with whatever side you want. But like he's very much on the skeptic side, but he's not like, I don't know, raining on your parade if you're into that. You know what I mean? Like he gives you a little bit of room. Yeah. Um, so that's my current read that I'm enjoying. That is The Unidentified Mythical Monsters, Alien Encounters, and Our Obsession with the Unexplained by Colin Dickey. So those are my three my three books. <laughs> if you, like me, have been leaning on the X-Files during these times. <laughs> okay, so my, a couple of my, when we get, when I get to them might be a little bit obscure for fans of things. Uh, the first one I'll, I'll talk about is uh, one everybody, sh- I think a lot of people, well, not ever, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are probably familiar with recently because of the Netflix series. But uh, for fans of The Witcher, and I kind of I come from the video games and the book series, I really, I've only seen one episode of the television show. Um, but for, so for fans of The Witcher, um, I read a book years ago uh it's it's actually a fantasy book as well it's called dampier by barb and jc hendy and it's book one of their noble dead series and what made me think of this book in relation to the witcher and um i have a, another one coming up too that'll that are kind of maybe good books for people getting their feet wet with horror maybe you come from a fantasy world and are interested in horror, this could be kind of a, a, a gateway book for you. So it's a very it's a fantasy setting. The the main character is a fake monster hunter, a fake vampire hunter. So she goes to town with towns with her her partner who is an elf and the elf pretends to be the vampire who is terrorizing the town. And she goes in and she gets rid of the vampire for the town and steals their money. But then she comes to under the notice of some pretty powerful actual vampires who know her actual history and that she may be closer to the vampires than she realizes. 
So it's got that fantasy setting of The Witcher. It's got that kind of monster hunter aspect of The Witcher, especially the short stories that that are actually the first two books of The Witcher series before it gets into the main continuing plot line of the of the other five or six books. So again, like like uh, like with the X Files, if you like that monster of the week kind of thing, this might be good for for you and a way to get used to some horror elements like vampires before delving into um, some ser- you know, some serious vampire horror. And that's uh, Dampire, that's D-H-A-M-P-I-R, I know Stephanie will have it in the show notes too, by Barb and J.C. Hendy, book one of The Noble Dead. That's cool. How many books are in the series? Is it a long series? There are six books in the in the primary series and then there's kind of a sequel series that's got some uh books to it i don't know how many i only i personally have only read the first couple books of the main series so did you like the one episode you saw of the witcher (laughs) i did i just know it's kind of one of those things i watched an episode and was just never in the mood to go back to it i just turned on my british panel shows and (laughs) went on with my day (laughs) My husband really liked it. He was a big fan of the video game. Yeah. He thought it was a good a good adaptation. I didn't really watch any of it. I would yeah. pop in here and there, you know, to check out the story, aka Henry Cavill's jawline. <laughs> <laughs> well, even in even the video games are, adap- are are adaptations of the book. And it's like it's a long series, and you said the first two are short stories. The first the first two books are are short stories. They're kind of, kind of connected short stories. They follow Geralt. Um, there's there's a through line that happens between the short stories, but the the bulk of the book is different adventures he's had in his monster hunting. And then there's a there then there's another book one that actually starts the the continuing plot line. Uh, so my next pick is for fans of you, and this could go towards the book by Caroline Kepnes or the Netflix adaptation show, which I have enjoyed. So my pick is Dear Laura by Gemma Amor. And this is a really creepy novella, especially, like I don't know, stalker stories really creep me out. This is from the perspective of the person being stalked, not the stalker, which is the case in you. So... It's very unsettling and you are following Laura and when she was very young, she was supposed to meet a friend. They were supposed to go um, take the bus to school, but instead she sees him get into a van with someone and he is never heard from again. And then from then on, like every year on her birthday, she gets these very odd and strange letters from who she assumes is the man that took her friend. And he just keeps asking more of her and keeps promising her that he's going to tell her what happened to her friend. And just you get to see how this affects Laura and how she starts to unravel and just the effect that this correspondence has on her life. And I don't know. I just thought it was very well done. So creepy. And if you were like me and you get really like eked out by stalker stories, this is a good one. Also, it goes some places you are not expecting. Yeah, I was very impressed with this one. Yeah, I'll co-sign that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I, you did read this. I, I read that. It was nominated for the first novel Stoker Award this year. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what to say that's not spoilery. I don't want to give too much away because it's, it's, it's tough a with the novella. Short, yeah. yeah, it's a very short, like under 200 page story. Um, but yeah, if you are interested in like a good stalker story that does not hold back on the creepiness, definitely check out Dear Laura by Gemma Amor. Yeah, that was did you did you watch you or read you? I have read, I've listened to part of the audiobook of you, and then my library loan ended, and I never got it back. That's my case with like a ton of books. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, more shows where I'm like, oh yeah, I started that, I never finished that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So as soon as I as soon as I saw this on uh, on our document, I knew exactly where you were going with it. Okay, so my next one, and this is one of these that might be kind of an obscure for fans of thing but there was a show on sci-fi channel a few years ago called helix um it only lasted two seasons and i'm going to refer specifically to season one of helix uh so if you saw season one of helix it was set on this arctic research arctic medical research station and a zombie-like virus breaks out in the station um, and then the whole place gets locked down. They, they can't get out. The corporation involved uh, that's cut off access to, to the outside. And it's, it was season one of it was really great. Season two was okay. And then it, I, I never finished season two. And it got, then it got canceled. And I heard it ended on a big cliffhanger. And then that made me not want to finish season two because I didn't want to get to the cliffhanger ending. And then, no, there wasn't any, it wasn't going to get resolved. So, but anyway, season one of Helix, um, if you enjoyed that, if you saw that and enjoyed that, I'm going to recommend Cold Cuts by Robert Payne Cabine. This won the Bram Stoker for first novel in 2017. And it's got that Arctic Research Lab setting. It doesn't have the zombie-like virus, but you can trade out that zombie-like virus. And you, if, if you watch my YouTube channel and you heard me talk about this book three years ago, you've heard me refer to this book several times as Radioactive Mutant Penguins. Okay. And <laughs> so there, these couple doctors are on this Arctic Research Station and there is an explosion outside somebody is trying to destroy has has tried to destroy the station and the two lab assistants they get trapped inside outside there are these radioactive mutant penguins that can burrow in through your body and there there are some pretty horrific scenes uh written uh, especially has time goes on and it's just the two of them there in the research lab trapped inside knowing what that the radioactive mutant penguins are outside um yeah i thought this book was just a load of fun now this was nominated for the bram stoker this won the bram stoker for first novel the same year that kill creek was nominated against it and i know you've heard stephanie talk about kill creek on the show before her and i read that book together and we were both huge fans of it and was a little bummed that Cold Cuts beat Kill Creek, but I didn't have a problem with it because of just how much fun Cold Cuts was, and I never hear anybody talk about it, and I wish more people would read it. I've been, like, eyeing it, well, since it won. You know, it had been on my radar. But, yeah, ever since you mentioned that the the big bad is a, like, mutant penguins. 
I mean, there's, there's, there ends up being a corporation involved, and that's not spoiling anything. It gets talked about. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the big fun part of it is the radioactive mutant penguins. Also, it could be bringing it back to X-Files, like that episode in season one, Ice. I thought of that! Yeah, which is basically <laughs> the thing. <laughs> I thought of that, but you already had for fans of X-Files on there, and I didn't want to reference a single specific episode, so... <laughs> That sounds fun. I've never heard of Helix. Yeah, it was it is one of those shows on sci-fi that have a very specific cult fan base and uh, sci-fi runs for a couple of seasons and if, if the fan base doesn't pick up, they cancel it. Did you ever watch Fringe? I did, yes. That was very much my... Was that a sci-fi show? No. No, that was on Fox, I think. Okay, because that was very much my jam, and I don't feel like people talked about it enough. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed Fringe. That's a if you're if for fans of X Files, check out Fringe. Yeah, see, that's all. That's my jam. Like, just package it in different ways. I will always buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of horror. I'm like, give me like a haunted house, I will buy it. Give me vampires, I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm easy to please. Okay, so my last comp is for fans of The Martian. I have not read the book, so this is... I have. (laughs) (laughs) Did you read the comp book I'm talking about? I have not. I've heard a lot about it, but... Uh, So this is The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling. And there's a lot that I liked about this book. Um, Similarities, obviously, it is not on Earth. (laughs) We're going to start there. Um, but this is a two-person novel so you are following one main character who is on the ground and you know that she has taken this very dangerous cave diving job Um, she kind of lied on her resume to get this job because it paid very well and she's trying to save enough money to leave her planet so she has lied about her experience and what this job is going to entail is that she is going to be cave diving. She's fitted with a suit and she's going to have someone that is always with her, like in her ear and can see what she is seeing and help her navigate and get to like the specific um, landmarks she needs to get to every night and help her kind of go through like if she needs any help. So there's the tension of the person, you know, kind of being alone on this planet and what could be a very dangerous and claustrophobic. So like if this has a lot of claustrophobic scenes, because I mean, this is like space cave diving. Um, but what I really liked about this was the relationship between Geyer, who is the woman that is cave diving and the person that is in her ear, M, because they have kind of a tense relationship like it goes off to a rocky start because Geyer isn't sure what M can do and she doesn't know that M can basically control her whole suit and if she doesn't comply she can basically release something that puts her to sleep and then to wake her up she can basically inject her with adrenaline and you know that's not a great relationship <laughs> when someone else has that much control over you and they have a uh, a bit of tension, a bit of beef at the beginning, uh, getting through that. Um, and so she already doesn't trust her because of all of those things. There's just things that don't add up. Like when she gets to certain camps, things aren't there that are supposed to be there. Like she's supposed to get, you know, her packs there and there's supposed to be food and enough 
uh, fuel and battery to get to the next camp and just things aren't there that are supposed to be there. She's just like, are you sure like there's no one here? Like I am alone here. And because of their relationship, there's not a a whole lot of trust there. Hmm. Um, So it's just like that kind of tension of a a person being alone on a planet uh, doing a job and trying to survive. So if any of that sounds interesting, you should uh, definitely check that out. That is The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling. Okay, yeah, I can see I can see how you were able to relate that to The Martian, even not having read The Martian, because, you know, once the Matt Damon movie came out of it, everybody pretty much knew what it was about. So, yeah, and yeah I, I can see, totally see that. I know. There is no poop potatoes, um, but it's a good comp i think if you're if you're looking for something within that vein now did did that win the stoker this year i know it was nominated i'm trying to think i feel like it won. no no because it was it was nominated for first novel and sarah reed's uh bone weaver's orchard won that maybe maybe it won i feel like it won something like it won like the ladies of horror possible yeah yeah like i'm like i feel like I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, I'm not actually sure what yeah. it won. But I feel like it did win something. It was definitely yeah. nominated. Yeah, it was It was definitely yeah. nominated for the Stoker for first novel. But Sarah Reed won that. Okay, so my final comparison is... Um, this is more a compare... This is more a... If you're a fan of a type of book, I have a reference point for it. But... If you're a fan of archaeological style adventure stories, kind of like if if you're if you've read Steve Barry books, uh, who writes the Cotton Malone series, and he's written a couple of uh, standalones, uh, one called The Amber Room or The Romanov Conspiracy, um, but books kind of about people finding ancient things and another faction wanting to steal that ancient thing and it becoming a big, fun adventure story. Um, I'm going to recommend blood gospel by James Rollins and Rebecca Cantrell, which is book one of a short series called the order of the sanguine. Um, and James Rollins himself is a writer of those type of books. Uh, he's got his Sigma four series, um, which I've read a couple of books of. So it's not really that far of a stretch, to say if you like that style of book read this because one of the authors does write that style of book but this adds the element of vampires to that aspect um yes i i chose another uh, another vampire thing um like stephanie i'm a huge fan of vampires um and again it could be a nice gateway into horror if you're a fan of that style of adventure book, but haven't haven't really dipped your toes into horror. In this book, there is an earthquake that, um, un- you know what? I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read the description of this one because it has been a very long time since I read this. An earthquake in Masada, Israel, kills hundreds and reveals a tomb buried in the heart of the mountain. A trio of investigators, Sergeant Jordan Stone, a military forensic expert, Father Rune Corza, a Vatican priest, and Dr. Aaron Granger, a brilliant but disillusioned archaeologist, are sent to explore the macabre discovery, a subterranean temple holding the crucified body of a mummified girl. But a brutal attack set 
at the site sets the three on the run, thrusting them into a race to recover what was once preserved in the tomb sarcophagus, a book rumored to have been written by Christ's own hand, a tome that is said to hold the secrets to his divinity. The enemy who hounds them is like no other, a force of ancient evil directed by a leader of impossible ambitions and incalculable cunning. From crumbling tombs to splendorous churches, Aaron and her two companions must confront a past that traces back thousands of years to a time when ungodly beasts hunted the dark spaces of the world, to a moment in history when Christ made a miraculous offer, a pact of salvation for those who were damned for eternity. Now, again, the the idea behind this book is there is a faction of the church that is our priests that are vampires and they they kind of protect that side to make sure that people never find out that vampires are actually real this gospel written by christ gets stolen and these people have to you know recover it and you go into a lot of you know tombs and and it's it's, it's just it's, it's a lot of fun um but again, introduces that element of, of, of vampires. And there is uh, a couple of novels in this series. Uh, the Blood Gospels, the first novel. Um, Innocent Blood is the second, and Blood Infernal is the third. And then there's a couple of novellas that take place between each novel. Um, I've read the first couple of books. The second book introduces Elizabeth Bathory. So that... that uh, that's kind of interesting too. So, but yeah, that is the blood gospel by James Rollins and Rebecca Cantrell. Sounds really interesting. I know this is, yeah, like a very specific subgenre of horror that a lot of people like, I feel like, um, in the Voxer group, I think one of our Patreon supporters like asked about that, like specific genre. And a lot of people recommended the anomaly, Okay. By yeah. Michael Ruckers, which I yeah, yeah a lot I of have recommended that. to me. But yeah, I feel like I'm like I need to read that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have it sitting I... downstairs. I haven't read it yet. So I think you would like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, have not read it. I don't know much about it, but I know it's kind of in that like adventure, archaeological horror. Yeah, and you know that those archaeological adventure books like that James Rollins and Steve Barry write. I never. In, in our book communities that you and I are a part of, I never hear anybody talk about them. They're almost like those mass market paperbacks that, that people tend to shun. And they're just fun books. Yeah, I don't hear too much about it. And then I know there's that um, Christopher Golden's like current series is kind of in that vein too. Yes, yes, very much so. Very much so. Uh, Ararat, starting, starting with Ararat, which won the Stoker in 2017. Yeah, and then like the second one is the mm-hmm. Pandora Room. Yeah, right? I, I I read Ararat, which uh, was okay. Um, I, enjoy, I I the audio was good. Uh, I I enjoyed it on audio definitely. It's maybe making a comeback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are more into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even I didn't even think about the Christopher Golden series uh, as a comparison. Uh, I only did because I know I think Danielle in the group was the one that enjoys that, and I know she's yeah. really liked those books. Mm-hmm. Are we ready for some chilling obsessions? Sure. 
Uh, so I've recently I've been listening to a podcast. It's called Supernatural with Ashley Flowers. I know this isn't her first podcast. I want to say she was known for doing Crime Junkie, but I'm not sure. I'm not like a big true crime person, as I have said many times on this podcast. That is not <laughs> really my jam, but like supernatural true crime, <laughs> like paranormal incidences <laughs> is my jam. Um, and so what I like about it is they're they're pretty tight, like 40 minute episodes. They're themed. So like it'll say basically give you the rundown of what the case is. You know, it'll be in different categories. There's like abduction, hauntings, um, haunted houses. And she goes through and gives you the story, gives you the facts, like what people were saying. And then at the end, she kind of does give the like, here's the possible like real world explanation of like what happened to this ship that disappeared or like here's, you know, what people are saying about this and like here's what could be the possible explanation and some of them don't really have like a possible explanation i guess the possible explanation is that it just didn't happen i would say these are mostly room temperature although the one i i listened to last night um i listened to the one for the exorcism of roland doe who was the person that the exorcist is based off mm. the case that the exorcist is based off of um okay and um, the Catholic Church kind of like opened up the the case files for like what happened and people took notes and there was like all these witnesses. I don't know, like possession stuff like creeps me out. So that that was one I thought about as I was trying to go to sleep at night and like every little creak in my house was terrifying me. <laughs> um, but these are, I don't know, just I feel like a lot of fun, very digestible. And she has like, uh fun conspiracy ones i feel like the type of conspiracies that are fun and not the type of conspiracies that i see people that i'm friends with believing you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) more like along the like mk ultra like line of things Um, so that is Supernatural with Ashley Flowers. I listened to it on Spotify. I don't know if it's a Spotify exclusive or if it's just ad free on Spotify. I'm not sure. Um, but I listened to it on Spotify and she like mentions Spotify a lot. So again, that's probably where you can find it. No, I didn't know Spotify had Spotify exclusive podcasts. Joe Rogan's going to be on there now, which is like a big old deal. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Okay, so my chilling obsession, and I actually was able to have one really quick without searching and thinking about it this time. Um, I recently watched, uh, just last week actually, uh, The Lighthouse, uh, the Robert Eggers film. Um, Robert Eggers is, uh, horror fans might know as the director of The Witch, or the Vivitch. The Vivitch. Uh, you... yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, the Vivitch. <laughs> the Vivitch. Um, and I really, it's, it's, have you seen it? So I started it and I, my kids would not leave me alone. So I'm like, I'm just not in a place in my life where I can sit and like pay attention to this without someone like 
needing me for something. Yeah. and <laughs> It and seemed what, good. And, I'm like, I just need to pay attention. And, and, and his films, you got to pay attention to, yeah. too. The first time I tried to watch The Vivitch, I was doing something else, too. And yeah. I had to stop it because like, I was like, no, I have to pay attention to this. Um, yeah. Well, also, like, the old English. I'm like, I have to read subtitles. Like, I don't even know what people are saying. Yeah. No, it it is uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And it is about... Um, Willem Dafoe is an old lighthouse keeper and Robert Pattinson comes to sub in for a few weeks for somebody who has, who has died until somebody, somebody permanent can be brought in. Uh, And so it's these two guys isolated on this Island with the lighthouse and things just get crazy it is super creepy. You can tell from the tone immediately from the tone. If I had not known going in that it was a Robert Eggers film, I would have known in the first five minutes just from the tone of the movie. It's shot in black and white, which I think was brilliant on his part. I don't think the movie would have worked in color as well as it did. And it, it, it's hard to even describe some of this weird stuff that happens in this in this movie I like I'm still thinking about it and trying to process it so I can talk about it in a video soon um I I actually think I need to uh, I I gave originally gave it three and a half on Letterboxd and I think I need to up that because I have not stopped thinking about it yeah I need to give that one a shot I know a lot of people really love it I know um my friend Laura like also like really enjoyed that yeah, and I know how much you like the Vivitch, so yeah, I I I, I I think you'll really like it. I'm glad to see Robert Pattinson getting some more respect on his name. Yeah, you know he went he I think he did the right thing. He went into independent film for a while, mm-hmm. and he really showed he does have acting chops. He he was fantastic in this movie, and Willem Dafoe was just always fantastic. Yeah. So. <laughs> From what I saw, like it was, it was very good. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I, I need to give this more attention. Yeah, you d- oh. definitely like have Jesse take the kids somewhere and. <laughs> like, what do you need to do? I need to watch this movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything's closed. Find something. <laughs> <laughs> just drive around for an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> I just end up somewhere that's already close to drive back. <laughs> uh, and as is new books in the freezer tradition for our final girl playlist, Sean, what is your final girl song? I had to give this some thought. Cause I, as I, when we were talking about before we started recording, I could fill the playlist myself. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge music fan and, uh, I, I, and I think about this a lot, um, but I'm going to go with a song called Unleashed by a symphonic metal band out of Holland called Epica. Okay. And I can't really describe why I'm choosing that, but I will say, and I will send you a link to it, uh, but if you watch the video for the song on YouTube, you'll understand why I picked it. So, like, what is the the mood? Is this, like, victorious? 
it is re- revengeful. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I know. I was like, I could, I could fill a whole playlist too. Like I have songs. I'm like, that would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like what was the one I said earlier? I'm like, uh, I'm still standing by Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. And, so- and like I said, I, I saw this on, I opened the document and I saw this and four songs four or five songs came to my head right away and i went to spotify and i listened to them to make sure i picked the just the right one <laughs> it's got to be the right one i got mm-hmm. that uh, anyway thank you so much for joining me sean to do Absolutely. some read likes yeah thanks for yeah. having me back i hope i can do yeah. it again yeah sure sure Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, or at Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer. You can send us an email at books in the freezer at gmail.com. Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes are at booksinthefreezer.com. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. On Instagram at That's What She Read. That's That's with two A's. And on YouTube as That's What She Read. Books in the Freezer is turning three years old this October. So to celebrate, I wanted to have a special freezer book episode. It's an episode I have gotten a lot of requests to do like just freezer books. And since that is very subjective, I wanted it to be what everyone's idea of a freezer book is. So I want an episode just full of your scariest recommendations. So to do that, just send in a one minute recording where you introduce yourself and tell us about your freezer book recommendation and why it deserves to go in the freezer without spoilers, of course. And I will include it in the episode. If you are looking for a way to support Books in the Freezer, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. We have three levels. The $1 or final girl level allows you to get episodes on Sunday instead of Tuesday when they drop. And you also get to know the topic one week in advance. At the $3 or axe-wielding maniac level, you can join the Voxer group chat and you can join in on our Netflix parties when we decide to do that. So you can, in the Voxer chat, we usually bounce around ideas for what to watch and then I put up a poll on Patreon and then we use the Netflix party app to watch that and I pick movies that are available on both Canadian and American Netflix It's a fun time. We've watched things like Hush, The Perfection, uh, very recently Terrifier, and don't be shy about joining in. There's not like a video chat. Um, It's more of just like a text like chat room option while the movie is playing and it's a lot of fun. And at the $5 or malevolent spirit level, you can chime in on upcoming episodes. I will let you know who the guest is and what the topic is before we record. If there is something you wanted to add or a recommendation you wanted to 
add to the episode. You can also get bonus episodes, which at this time includes my husband and I reading through Stephen King's The Stand for the first time. And those episodes are dropping the first of every month. And those episodes are broken up into like 15 chapter chunks. So the first episode of that, so chapters one through 15 is available on there now. Anytime you become a patron, you get access to like any backlog of bonus episodes. So that is Patreon. You can also use the Amazon link where you can just do any type of Amazon shopping like you would normally do. A interesting thing about using our link this week is a six pairs of replacement ear tips for AirPods and a handful of books, including Mexican Gothic. But you don't have to spend any money to support the show. You can do simple things like subscribing on whatever podcatcher you're using to make sure you don't miss a single episode. You could also share about us on social media, you know, share on your Instagram stories and tag the podcast so we can repost it. All of that means a lot. Um, and of course, if you listen to podcasts, you know that we are always asking for those reviews on platforms like Apple Podcasts. It really helps when it comes to visibility and the algorithm, which like, let's face it, I don't understand how it works, but I do know that leaving ratings and sharing really helps bump up the visibility, which is huge to indie podcasts like this one. So thank you to all of you that do that every week. Like I said, it means a whole lot. So thank you. Anyway, you keep doing you and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. (laughs) 